And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Oh, wow. Wow, it's Monday. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific weekend. My goodness, my brain is all over the place this morning. Um, Doing something a little different today. I haven't done listener mail in a while, um, so I'm answering your questions today. Uh, No guests, just me. Um, I had a lot of great questions over on Twitter uh, over the last couple days, too. I'll try to get to all of them. Uh, Before I get to listener mail, though, guys, I need to say hi to our friends over at the Aetherverse. Uh, The Aetherverse is a brand new uh, libertarian sci-fi novel by authors Joey DeUrso and Eugene Bryan. Uh, Guys, look. Now that The Last Dance is over, uh, the terrific uh, documentary about Michael Jordan and the 1990 Chicago Bulls, since that's over with and you've basically watched the entire Netflix catalog, it is definitely time to pick up a book. Come on, do not go this entire quarantine without reading a single book or at least a single work of fiction. I mean, myself included, I do not read enough fiction. Uh, I'm a I'm a big nonfiction guy. Fiction is incredible. Uh, we all, especially you know, millennials like myself, we do not read enough fiction, and we really should. Um, you guys are really going to like this book, man. I, I just started it. It is terrific so far. Uh, the story is more relevant than ever. Uh, it makes politics and social satire exciting and fun, mixing ideological de- debates with stuff like you know space battles and violence and action scenes and stuff like that. Uh, it has something for everyone, political intrigue, war stories, romance, humor. Uh, it appeals to libertarians and conservatives alike, uh, or basically anybody who's a free thinker, anybody who's against big government. Uh, best of all, it is fiercely anti-social justice warrior and pulls no punches. I think you guys are really going to like the Aetherverse. And uh, uh, once again, I keep mentioning this, but I do think it's important. Uh, you know, we libertarians and conservatives, we complain about the left winning the culture wars. We complain about how uh, most new books coming out are on the left. Most movies are on the left. Uh, the left controls most of media, most of entertainment. And there's no point in complaining about it if we don't support libertarian and conservative art. Um, these guys, Joey and Eugene, I mean, they're terrific libertarian authors. Support them. Um, you can get the Aetherverse right now on Amazon. I'll tweet out the link, and I'll include the link in the show notes, and you can find out more at theaetherverse.com. You guys are really going to like it. Check them out, theaetherverse.com. Uh, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show, uh, please uh, consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, I'm going to get into listener mail in just a second. Uh, but first, just one piece of news. I just thought this was interesting. It's not really a big deal. But uh, uh, Justin Amash, the former Republican turned libertarian congressman from Michigan who who uh, said he wanted to impeach Trump and and left the Republican Party and joined the Libertarians and, and said he was uh, running for president as a Libertarian. Uh, he dropped out of the race over the weekend, a couple weeks after announcing he was going to run. Um, a lot of people on my Twitter feed were super sad about this. A lot of my Libertarian friends, oh my goodness, he was our best chance to whatever, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of conservatives were making fun of him, like, oh, ha, ha, another Libertarian dropped out. And it, it's just funny, man, like no one outside of super online political Twitter cares about Justin Mosh at all. I, I hung out with my parents 
uh, yesterday. Uh, they live just like a mile and a half up the road from us. And uh, my, my parents are both conservatives. Uh, they are very informed. I mean, they know a ton uh, about politics. They are plugged in. Neither one of them even know who Justin Amash is. <laughs> like, American voters do not care about some libertarian congressman from Michigan and, and whether or not he's, you know, running for president to try to get, you know, three and a half percent instead of three percent. You know what I mean? Like, it is such a very online thing to do, to, to be super concerned about the, the ongoings of Justin Amash. So I just think I, I'm, I'm always shocked you know, to see the divide between political Twitter and normal American politics. And this was just another example, man. Like, nobody cares. Nobody, people on political Twitter deeply cared whether or not Justin Amash was running for president. No one else was. <laughs> I think I tweeted something along the lines of, like, you know, when Amash said he was dropping out, like, oh, man, a bunch of my friends on Twitter are going to be very sad, and no one else will be very sad. Like, nobody. I'm sure his wife and kids are probably disappointed that he's not running for president, maybe. but Or maybe they're relieved. I mean, running for president seems terrible. But, yeah, it's just funny, man. I, I'm constantly shocked at the divide between political Twitter and real-life American politics. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, I have a lot of great questions, so let's jump right into listener mail. Um, first question. Uh, here's a good one. What is the worst media headline of the last six months? Um, okay, so obviously all we can, all we remember happening uh, throughout human history is this pandemic. <laughs> it's apparently the only thing that's mattered for what feels like forever. Um, but we're, we're only like a couple months into this thing, man. Like six months is a long time. Six months ago was, what, November? December? Something like that? Impeachment was January, ladies and gentlemen. So, I mean, we could start with impeachment, like all the ridiculous headlines about how Trump was going to be removed from office. I remember some members of the press were speculating that, for some reason, I don't know how the, what kind of mental gymnastics it took to get there, but how Trump was going to be removed from office, Pence was going to be removed from office, and Nancy Pelosi would be president of the United States by now. I mean, there was legitimate headlines in, like, you know, Slate and ridiculous uh, sources like that claiming something like this, you know. I mean, we could go to the the eulogizing of Iranian general slash terrorist murderer Soleimani. I think that was within the last six months. Uh, I mean, pandemic related stuff. You know, all the headlining, uh, all the headlines saying in the last few weeks, after states like Florida and Georgia opened up their economies, that basically everybody in Georgia and Florida would be dead. Uh, those are some terrific headlines. Obviously, that didn't happen. Everybody's fine. Um, we could go the angle of the press parroting Chinese propaganda. You know, blaming the United States, blaming Trump uh, for the spread of the coronavirus. I mean, that's pretty bad. I I don't know. Gun to my head, I'd have to say the most ridiculous media headline was from the Washington Washington Post, or as some people call it, the Amazon Post. You 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 know who you are. Who's, who's getting the shout out right now? But um, I think the it's got to be the sports writer. I believe he's the head sports writer from the Washington Post who who wrote. I think it was a week ago. Um, and it was, I don't have it in front of me, but it was something along the lines of this pandemic has shown that we need less sports in our lives, not more. It's like, that is, that's gotta be the worst headline of all time. We need some sports, man. We need some, we have what, how many tens of millions of people every Sunday night were tuning in to watch a documentary about basketball games from 25 years ago. (laughs) Okay. We need sports. Watch the post sucks. Um, Next question. I've gotten questions like this before. I'll answer it again, and then I'll and then I'll never answer it again. Okay. Um, why do you hate Ayn Rand if you call yourself a libertarian? I don't hate Ayn Rand. Like I, I liked Atlas Shrugged. I liked The Fountainhead. I mean, they're too long winded. I mean, they're very long. And but you know, I, I liked them. Um, 
and I obviously agree with Ayn Rand on economics. I mean, I'm a laissez-faire capitalist. I'm a free market absolutist, uh, just like Ayn Rand. You know, I agree with all the Austrian economists. Obviously, I'm a big Mises guy. I'm a big Hayek guy. Uh, so I agree with Ayn Rand and all that stuff. I, I just don't like objectivism. Objectivism, the, the followers of, of Ayn Rand, the objectivists, they, they, they bring that free market capitalist model into their personal lives, right? They, they, they take it as like a personal ideology, which it's not. Like capitalism is not like a moral code, right? It works. It's the best way to run an economy. Obviously, I agree. It's not how you live your life. So like the objectivists, they're not just, they, they try to apply free markets to like their family, right? They, they, they say that being selfless is bad and being selfish is good, which is insane, right? They, they say you should just do whatever you want. You know, if you're selfish, it'll eventually make everything better. No, that that's insane. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a member of a family, if you are married or if you have kids, which I don't have any kids yet, but, like, I'm, I'm married, right? Like, look, I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds and talk about myself here, but, like, you know, I through this pandemic, I've not been making very much money. <laughs> Basically, my, my wife has been paying the bills. That doesn't mean that since I'm kind of falling on hard times right now, Financially, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to eat, which the objectivists uh, would say. Like, if you're an adult and you're not making a bunch of money, you don't deserve to have anything. You know what I mean? Well, that's ridiculous. Okay. Like, if you're like the way me and my wife live our lives is essentially communist, right? Like, we share everything, we share cars, the house is in both of our names, we share bank accounts, we each eat however much we need. I'm quite a bit bigger than my wife. She's like, you know, five, two. 100 pounds, like, you know, I need to eat more food than she does. Just if I don't, if I'm not making much money right now during this pandemic, it doesn't mean I get to, I have to starve to death or something. You know, like that's, that'd be insane. So it's like, if you're a member, if you're a member of a family, a, a nuclear family, that's basically like a communist system, right? And the objective is try to bring like free market capitalism into your personal life. Like Ayn Rand left her husband of like decades and shacked up with some guy 30 years younger than her just because she felt like it one day and she believes selfishness is good. That's awful. That's evil. <laughs> okay. Like one, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I believe, I, I follow Jesus Christ. I believe the Bible is the word of God. Uh, you know, the objectivist wouldn't agree with something like when Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow him. Okay. That would be like the exact opposite of what an objectivist would do. Okay. So I think my, my faith alone uh, makes objectivism sound completely evil and ridiculous to me. So obviously I agree with Ayn Rand on economics, but the, the objectivists take it way too far and stop asking me, stop asking me. I've gotten that question before. So hopefully we put that one to bed. Uh, speaking of putting things to bed next, <laughs> next question. What is your take on Katie Hill continuing to hide behind the nudes when we all know what she did? Yeah. Um, for anybody that forgot, obviously it's been March for about 50 years at this point, And all we can remember is the coronavirus. But Katie Hill is the disgraced California Congresswoman who was forced to resign uh, because she was banging her interns. <laughs> you know, she violated house house ethics rules and was forced to resign. And she was she's now, you know, she's claiming that she resigned because nudes that were taken by her ex-husband, who she was cheating on with the help, um, leaked to the press. That's nonsense. She did not resign because nudes were leaked to the press. She just she resigned because she broke house rules. Um, look, Nancy Pelosi is one of the most corrupt, evil 
American politicians of all time. Um, and <laughs> and if you're too corrupt and too unethical for Nancy Pelosi, who who wanted Katie Hill to resign, right? If you're too unethical for Nancy Pelosi, then yikes, girl. <laughs> it's not the nudes being leaked. It, it's your it's your lack of of morals. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and she's claiming because her district uh, there was a special election last week in her district, and it flipped back red. Uh, the, I believe Garcia, uh, now Congressman Garcia, uh, is the guy's name who who flipped the district back. Uh, to the GOP, and she's claiming, oh, it's just because of those nudes were leaked. Come on, give me a break. Uh, so to answer the question, why, you know, why is Katie Hill continuing to hide behind this excuse? It's because the press will never call her on it. I mean, she's a Democrat. Democrats can do no wrong. She can lie. She can say whatever she wants. Obviously, flying the f- flying in the face of the facts, and she'll never get called on it because she's Democrat. De- Democrats can say whatever they want, man. The press will never call them on it. They're never held accountable. I mean, at least she was held accountable partially by being forced to resign, but now she gets to lie about it. She still gets it to go on TV. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no ac- accountability for Democrats, man. That's why. Um, next question. Why do you think we aren't seeing more people defying governor's orders? Um, okay, a couple things to say about that. You just, I'm sure this person means just, you know, the lockdown orders, the shelter-in-place orders, shutting down businesses, you know, banning churches and, you know, being on boats, like in, like in Michigan, stuff like that. I mean, we are seeing some, right? Like, we're seeing people uh, uh, defying governor's orders. I mean, we see protests, peaceful protests, people protesting their governments, obviously. Um, some of these people are social distancing. Some of them aren't. Um, it's their right to protest wherever they see fit as long as they're, they're not bringing force upon everybody. And long, yeah, they're not bringing force upon anybody, obviously. Um, so you're seeing some people uh, defy orders. You're seeing some businesses refuse to stay closed and just opening up anyway. Uh, daring the government to arrest them, and the government is arresting some of them. Um, you know, I've, I've seen it personally. You know, it's going down to the river, going fishing. I see some people not social distancing. I see people, you know, in places they're not supposed to be. I know personally, I'm not going to obviously say any of them by name. I know personally a lot of businesses that I have frequented uh, during this lockdown have stayed open um, via illegal means. You know, they're 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 finding workarounds. They're processing orders over the phone and making deliveries. Um, they're doing stuff like that when they've been told by the state they have to shut down. You are seeing people violate these orders, and you've seen you've seen uh, even county sheriffs um, refusing to uh, obey governor's orders, including like in Michigan. There's been several county sheriffs that have refused to obey uh, Gretchen Whitmer's orders. Um, they've come out and even including Democrat uh, sheriffs as well, saying no, we're not going to enforce any of these ridiculous draconian laws. We're just not going to do it. Um, so you're seeing some people defy their governments. Uh, which is terrific. Um, why haven't we seen more? Yeah, I did expect more, right? I expect every beach to be packed throughout California, right? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, why do you even live in California if you can't go to the beach? Um, I just think, I mean, not to just trash my own generation, but I think if this were 50 years ago, yeah, I mean, these governors never would have been able to do this. I think our parents and our grandparents' generations just would not have put up with this this communism from from their government. Um I just think millennials are a bunch of wusses, man. I think we're just soft. I think we're weak. I think we scare too easy. I think we don't have the balls to stand up to our government. Um, yeah, I think we're just living in weak times, you know? I think we've been too prosperous. We've been too comfortable, and we've gotten lazy. You know, we're too far removed from real problems in society, right? So I think it's just a generational thing. It's a millennial thing, <laughs> you know? Um, I think generations past would have defied uh, these governor's orders with much greater numbers. But who knows? You know, 
Who knows? Uh, here's a great question. Why, <laughs> why are the Democrats so obsessed with unemployed politicians? <laughs> and, man, that is true. Uh, I, I assume you mean Stacey Abrams. I mean, you see, was it, the, was it, was it Time Magazine? She's on the cover of something. I, I don't know if it's the New Yorker or Time Magazine or what it is, but this ridiculous, like, cartoonish, like, profile of Stacey Abrams. Yeah, I mean, she's like a former, you know, she's an unemployed former state representative, you know, which is nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's like very low-level politics in this country. They're obsessed with trying to, to make her a thing. I mean, they really want Stacey Abrams to be Joe Biden's running mate. They want Joe to win. They want Joe to die. And they want Stacey Abrams to be president of the United States. Like, that's what the Democrats, that's what the press wants. It's insane. I mean, she's not, she's not very bright. Um, she's a crazy person. She believes she's the governor of Georgia for some reason. You know, she lost by 50,000, almost 50,000 votes uh, to Brian Kemp. Um, I mean, they like her because she's black, and, and the press and the Democrats don't like white people right now. They like her because she's a woman. Uh, apparently, the press and the Democrats believe you're only a viable candidate if you have a vagina. Um, they, she's a race baiter, and the press and the Democrats really like race baiting. You know, but it, it's funny, too, because they're obsessed with Pete Buttigieg, too. Um, you know, he's he's young, I guess. You know, the press and the Democrats don't really like old folks, even though they just nominated one. Um you know, they they like him because he's gay. Obviously, they, they, they love that. Um, but, like, why are they obsessed with Beto? Like, why was Beto a thing? Like, he's not gay. He's not a woman. He's not black. He's not smart. I don't know. It's like, I think they just like him so much because he ran against Ted Cruz, and they really, really hate Ted Cruz. So it's like, I almost get, I mean, like, Stacey Abrams checks off all the boxes. Pete Buttigieg checks off a couple Beto doesn't check off anything except for he ran against Ted Cruz in Texas. So it's like, it, it's funny. They are obsessed with unemployed politicians. I can at least intellectualize why they're so obsessed with Stacey Abrams, but it is a trend, man. They really like dumb, unemployed politicians. They, they really like these people. So uh, I don't know. I have no idea because they're not very bright. That's why they're obsessed with unemployed politicians. Uh, one more question. Why do Democrats who leave California for red states continued to vote Democrat. It's not just California. I mean, a lot of Democrats who will leave New York and, and move to Florida will continue voting for Democrats once they get there, too. I, I don't know, man, because they're not smart. I, I, don't know. I don't even know how to answer that question. It does take a special kind of stupid to leave a state because they're taxing your butt off, move to a state with no taxes or very low taxes, and vote for politicians that want to raise your taxes. It takes a real special kind of crazy to do that. Um, but, man, it just... I don't know. It's ridiculous. I hope I hope you, you see a lot of prominent left wingers talking about leaving California. Guys like Elon Musk, guys like Joe Rogan, really smart, successful guys saying, "Man, I'm about out. I'm about done. These state these are horribly run states. I want to go somewhere where I can prosper." Hopefully that'll wake people up and these people fleeing California, fleeing New York will stop voting for people that want to destroy this state just how new york and california were destroyed hopefully people wake up and stop doing that but it just goes back that you've seen you guys have probably seen a lot of my anti-voting propaganda that i put forth on twitter from time to time i mean i really do think that the vast majority of americans have no business voting i truly believe that i'm not being ironic i'm not being cute with that i hate the whole get out the vote efforts I think you should only vote if you have done a ton of research on every candidate, on every issue. Even me, dude. I'm a former elected official. I work in politics. 
I host a bi-weekly political commentary show. I'm as plugged in and as informed as anybody. And if I, I leave stuff blank on the ballot, if there's some local issue that I haven't researched adequately, I leave it blank. Okay, if there's some judicial race, you know, independent judge A against independent judge B, and they're running for a whatever. I, if I don't know the candidates, I won't vote. If, like, if there's anything on the ballot that I don't know what I'm talking about, I leave it blank. I don't just vote straight Republican or something like that. I, I, I think that's ridiculous, and I think it's wrong and immoral. I think most people, unless they are informed, should not vote. Don't vote. Hashtag stay home, save lives. Okay? <laughs> most people, unless you know what you're talking about, should not be voting. I think I seriously think there's probably 20% of eligible voters should actually be voting. 10% on one side, 10% on the other. And I'm not just saying only right-wingers or only libertarians and Republicans should vote. There's a lot of very well-informed, smart left-wingers, too, that absolutely should vote. But not many. <laughs> and there's a lot of people on the right that should not be voting either. So I don't know. If, if you're so stupid that you would leave California because, they ran your st- because the Democrats ran your state in the ground and then you moved to Texas and vote Democrat— you're not intelligent enough. You're not informed enough to vote. Please don't vote. I, I have a lot of friends who don't vote, who just say, look, I don't follow politics. I don't care. I'm, I don't have the time to do research on all these candidates and all these issues. I'm not voting. I respect the heck out of that. And most of you guys listening to this podcast are very well informed. You do your research. You read everything. Go out and vote. If you're listening to this and you don't know what you're talking about, please don't vote. You have no place voting. That's the moral of the story today. Don't vote. (laughs) All right. That's all I have time for today. Sorry, I will make it up to you with a much longer episode on Wednesday. I promise. I love you guys. I appreciate you. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. (laughs) 